the text for our meditation this morning are those verses that were read earlier from Colossians. I want to remind you of just three phrases from three different verses. Verse 2 said, devote yourselves to prayer. Verse 5 says, be wise in the way you act. And verse 6 says, let your conversation be always full of grace. On the basis of these words of Scripture and in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whom each of us lives and moves and has our being, my brothers and sisters in faith. Some years ago, there was an ad on TV that began very, very unimpressively. It was kind of nice. It was a dad and a boy walking along. And as children are wont to do, everything the dad did, the little boy did. So the dad picked up a stone and tossed it, and the little boy picked up a stone and tossed it. And the dad put his head back and whistled, and the little boy tried to do that. And finally, after a few series of things, they sit down under a tree, rest their backs against the trunk, and Dad pulls out a pack of cigarettes and lights up and sets the pack down on the grass. And the last scene of the ad was the little boy picking up the pack of cigarettes. Children are influenced by their parents. Hopefully not always in negative ways. And children love to imitate their parents. How many times little kids want to dress up, put their mom's shoes on, or their dad's coat on, or they can't wait to grow up to be as tall as mom or dad. There's imitation and there's influence. And of course, that's not just true of children. It's true of all of us. We all are influenced by people and things around us, influenced in what we wear, influenced in where we shop or where we go to eat, influenced in the sports teams that we root for. We want to imitate others. We want to be like other people. St. Paul has spent a couple of chapters telling us in detail in chapters 1 and 2 of Colossians what God in Jesus Christ has done for each one of us. And then in chapter 3, in the first verse of chapter 4, he gives specific examples of how because of the influence God has had on us, because of the influence what Christ has done, we should imitate him, how we should act, how we should behave. And now as he closes the letter, these are really the last verses of the letter. There's more that follows. It was greetings to certain people. Pastor Micah dealt with that the first week of the series. So these are his closing words. And what does he do? He reiterates how we should live. He gives us three, what I would call, guidelines for living 
as a child of God. And the first one is the key. The first one is pray. Pray. Before you can connect, be in a relationship, speak with others, talk with him. Have a relationship with him. Be connected. One commentator said it this way. When we pray, Christ rubs off on us and people are then drawn to him because they see him in us. Think about this. Uh, you've been visiting with someone that you really enjoy and it's time to leave and you hug each other and as you walk away, you can smell their perfume or cologne on your clothes and you, and you think about them and it brings back memories. St. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning at verse 14, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. And that leads to number two. How do we spread that aroma, you might say? And Paul says, be wise in how you act. Be careful how you behave. The old saying is, be careful how you live. You may be the only Bible many people will ever read. Jesus said it this way, all people will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Remember the old song? They'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we are Christians by our love. C.S. Lewis said it this way, it's really kind of the theme of our, our church. Be a little Christ to others. I've seen that in many aspects of the world, but one of the most striking examples was some years ago when my wife and I were traveling in Nepal, this little country in the Himalayas. And because of a problem we had on that trip, we had to change our itinerary, and we were back in the capital city of Kathmandu on their worship day, which in that country was Saturday. And we asked about a Christian church and had trouble finding one, but then we were told about one. We took a taxi cab there, and this is when we started to realize something was really different. 
he dropped us off a block away from the church. He wouldn't stop in front of the church. We walked to the church, which was looked like a house, had no identifying markings at all, no cross, no sign, nothing, just a bigger house than the other ones in the area. And we went in, were welcomed with open arms, and got to talking to the people about being a Christian in this country. They say in their constitution that they have freedom of religion. And that means you're free to practice your religion that you were born in. Witnessing evangelization is illegal. If you become a Christian, which means you're changing the religion you were born into, you are basically an outlaw. You can lose your job. You might be disowned by your family. Um, all sorts of things go on. So this group of Christians wanted to build a church. The community in which they built was a really poor neighborhood, and they could afford property there, and they built this house, no identifying markers, not allowed. The community fought against them being there. And that was reflected by the cab driver who wouldn't drop us off at, at the church. And one of the things that their members are asked to do is to tithe. Now their average yearly income at that time was $365 a year. And they would tithe. And Every Saturday when they came to church, they would bring a bag or a basket of rice. And after church, they would go out into that community that didn't want them to be there, and they would give these poor people rice. And every once in a while, someone would say, why are you doing this? And then they'd get to answer the question. They couldn't evangelize, but they could answer the question, and they could tell them about Jesus. But the question was asked, why? Because people, without knowing it, were seeing Jesus in them, in their actions, in their behavior. They could see Jesus, and they wanted to know what made these people the way they did. It's really what we just sang about. I just thought that was so striking. Reflect Jesus because we love him. It's really reflect Jesus because we know how much he loves us. And so it leads then to talking, and that's really the third guideline he gives. Paul says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt. It's really just a zeroing in on one aspect of the second guideline, which is be careful how you live. Watch what you say. But it's so much more important. If you know the book of the letter of James in the New Testament, he spends a long time talking about the tongue and how you have to tame the tongue and keep it under control. And, you know, my fav one of my favorite lines is, there's a reason God gave us two ears and only one tongue. 
Maybe we ought to listen twice as much as we talk. But be careful how you talk. And Peter, in his first epistle, writes this, these fairly familiar words, I'm sure. In 1 Peter chapter 3, he writes, But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. If you act differently and talk differently than the world around us, people are going to want to know. And then you get to tell them. So what St. Paul is saying basically is pray. That's the foundation. Pray. And then live. Live it out. Be Jesus to others. On this Labor Day weekend, it reminded me, um, St. Benedict, founder of the Benedictine Order in the Roman Church, his motto was, Ora et Labora. Pray and work. He saw them as a partnership. Reminded me of a story that I had heard some time ago about uh, the famous preacher Dwight L. Moody uh, lived at the end of the, in the 1800s. He was crossing the Atlantic on a ship and a fire broke out in part of the ship. And immediately the crew all formed a bucket brigade and they started passing water and some of the passengers joined in and started to help. And a traveling companion of Moody said, Sir, we should go to the other end of the ship and pray about this. And Moody said, Oh, no, sir. We need to get in line and pass water and pray all the while we're doing it. Pray and work. Pray and live as God's children. It's what Luther calls the fruits of our faith. It doesn't come because we somehow are able to do this. It comes to us as a response to what God has done for us. We respond to him by reaching out to others. We respond to him by living for others, by being, as Paul says, the aroma of Christ to the people around us. But as with the people of Nepal, it's not always easy. Jesus said to his disciples, follow me, take up your cross and follow me. In John chapter 15, he says, if they're, going, if they're persecuting me, they're certainly going to persecute you. And we know that because of what Jesus said and how he lived, he was put to death, nailed to the cross, 
but we also know that he rose again. And that gives us the assurance and the confidence that he is with us as he promised. And he will be with us as we go out into the world and face that opposition. But there's also opposition from within. We have our fears and our doubts and our worries. We sin regularly. And again, we look to the cross. And there we see the one who was willing to die for those sins, whatever they are. The one who gave his life that we might have life. The one who loved us and enables us to love others. And so we pray. We pray every day, always. Luther said, pray every morning, make the sign of the cross, and remind yourself that you are a baptized child of God. Pray. And then live. Reflect his love, his grace, his mercy. Influence others so that they want to imitate not you, but Jesus Christ. In his name. Amen. Something to think about. Who is it that has influenced your life? Who has been a big influence on your life? Think about that. Share that. And then the second part of that first question is, who is it that influenced your spiritual life? Who is it that has been a spiritual guide for you? Someone that you look up to. So who influenced you, especially spiritually? And then the other side of that is, who needs you to be a spiritual mentor? To whom do you need to really reflect the love of Christ? Because they need to see that. Think about that for a few minutes. God bless.